Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, and welcome to the Tracy Sandler Show on the Believe Podcast Network. I am your host, Tracy Sandler. And super duper, I don't think I've ever said that on this podcast, super duper excited to welcome back to the show, San Francisco Chronicles, Eric Branch, the great Eric Branch. Brancher, how are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for such a a kind introduction. I'm blushing over here. That makes me so happy. I'm big into kind introductions here. I think if people take the time out to be on the podcast, the least I could do is make them feel good. (laughs) I appreciate that. So the 49ers don't have a pick until 99. So there's that. And I bring that up because we have other things to talk about. We're going into free agency next week. Uh, Brock Purdy is having surgery on his elbow on Friday. Robbie Gold is moving on from San Francisco. So much to discuss. But first and foremost, really is Brock Purdy and his elbow and kind of what this means going forward. There have been different rumors about people they may or may not be interested in bringing in. So I want to discuss that. But let's start with Brock's elbow because they won't really know how serious it is until Friday. Yeah, there's, you know, at least a little clarity now because, again, now he he actually has the uh, surgery scheduled. I I guess it Mm -hmm. still could be delayed, but it looks like that is – if not etched in stone, a, a pretty a decent bet that it'll actually happen Friday. And then, you know, once they do it and have a prognosis, uh, they can plan accordingly. And the timing obviously is pretty key because Monday teams can begin negotiating with free agents and the 49ers, you know, by Monday or Friday afternoon or, or whenever should have an idea of, okay, Brock Purdy, you know, should be available in probably best case scenario if he just has, uh, requires his UCL. Everyone's now an expert on UCLs and uh, the internal brace technique and uh, graphs and uh, all this stuff. So I'm sure everyone knows what I'm talking about when I say if it just requires the internal brace technique, (laughs) it's just six months, uh, which would put him in line like, exactly uh to be ready in theory for the season opener Uh, that might be a bit optimistic but you could still say okay he'd miss you know maybe at most a game or two basketball is back and bet online remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season you'll always find the latest odds team matchup info player news and game trends at bet online and as your continued source for all sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events, whether that's NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code believe B L E A V to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. I would say he'd miss a month because I've been covering this team for a long time. Well, so exactly. as optimistic as one could be, I would say we see him in October. I'm just going with that right now. 
Right, because, I mean, we had Trey Lance. He's going to have ankle surgery. Oh, no, Trey Lance requires a second ankle surgery. We have Jimmy Garoppolo. He could be ready, you know, deep into the postseason, and that didn't happen. So you're right. When it comes to 49ers and recent quarterback injuries, probably best not to be two classes half full. Um, But in theory, they could be saying, okay, we're going to miss him. You know, it's not going to, you know, impact the season in a significant way. Trey Lance can cover, you know, the game or two. And, Uh you know, we still, given the fact that we ran out of quarterbacks last year, we still need to get a competent, you know, third stringer. And and usually teams kind of, they don't punt the third string quarterback position, but, you know, they don't invest many resources in it. Um, But I would expect the 49ers, given uh, the recent history that they've had as far as attrition at the position, alliteration I didn't expect. I liked it though. Thank you. That that they would get at least a veteran with some, you know, level of starting experience. Now, you know, obviously, as we say, the the non glasses half full scenario, uh, Brock Purdy requires this hybrid surgery, which requires a graph, which takes longer to incorporate, which means he could be out, you know, up to, you know, nine months. And John Lynch at the combine last year. I mean, last week, excuse me, you know, you know, put out there 12 to 13 months. So, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, yes, I I suppose a scenario exists in theory that he could miss the year. And then you're talking, okay, they need someone to serve as competition to Trey Lance because I I don't I haven't gotten the sense that they are just, uh, you know, ready to do what they did last year. I, I mean, before Jimmy Garoppolo kind of kind of fell back into their laps, it was Trey Lance and Nate Sudfeld. I mean, there yeah. was a, you know, a reasonable degree of confidence that Trey Lance was going to be the guy. Um, and I think obviously for a variety of reasons, um, the calculus has changed and, you know, Brock Purdy is going to be out deep into the regular season or, or miss the season. You know, then at the very least, it's going to have to be a guy to provide competition like a, Andy Dalton or Jacoby Brissett or, you know, someone who's kind of at the point in their career where they're very much a a fringe NFL starter. Um, And maybe the 49ers owe it to themselves to, to look beyond that. But I think that would be bare minimum. It's interesting. And I want to get talk more about that in a second, but the thing with Trey Lance that I think it's unfortunate, and this is part of the game is obviously when training camp started last year, Kyle Shannon was very clear. This is Trey's team he'd made that comment about uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. They don't want to mess with his, with him any more than they already have. They don't think they have too much, blah, blah, blah. Then of course, Jimmy Garoppolo, as you say, fell into their laps. But I think the feeling last year was that from the goal of Trey Lance was that in week 18, he was significantly better than week one because he's played so little football and they win 10 or 11 games. They get a wild card berth. And then you see what happens to the playoff because there's so much around him that they would be fine. But the problem is now you go into this season, if Trey Lance were to be your only starter or was your starter, you go to this season with that mindset and that window is closing. So it will be interesting to see. You're right. It will all depend on the surgery Friday because if it's just going to be Trey Lance, I think they have to have someone that they would consider a starter 
that could help this team win because I think this, if they don't win the Super Bowl next year, it, that window starts to close even more. In my head, I actually see a window and it just keeps closing. <laughs> it just keeps closing. It just keeps closing and it's getting short. And then right now there's like a little bit of a draft <laughs> and then, and like a little bit, no pun intended, that was the NFL draft. And then like a little bit less of a draft. And the next thing you know, you are warm inside because the window is shut. <laughs> I don't think, I don't think that's what they're looking for. And not no, I, I I'm not heard it described in those terms exactly, but I tend to agree with <laughs> you're you. Welcome. Yeah. <laughs> you're welcome. Very welcome. Uh, so there have been rumors about Baker Mayfield, which is interesting because boy, when he became available this year, I've never heard Kyle Shanahan shut anything down so fast as he did any rumors about Baker Mayfield, and of course they were in a very different position at that point, but. That does become interesting because you're when you talk about competition for Trey Lance, there's competition and then there's, we really don't have confidence in you, so we're bringing in a starter. You may be able to win the job, but probably not. Yeah, I think a guy like, I mean, I think if Trey Lance is going to be out kind of around the six-month time frame, then the 49ers, even if they wanted to, are going to have Brock a... Brock Purdy's going to be out the six-month time frame? Yeah, I'm sorry, did I say Trey Lance? Uh, you did. That's fair. We were talking about him a lot. Uh, apologies. <laughs> uh, yes, uh, Brock Purdy. Although, who knows with Trey Lance? He might need a third ankle surgery. Uh, you never know with this team. <laughs> exactly. Um, so I think that it's going to be hard. If Brock Purdy is going to you know, just be out six months, uh, even if the 49ers wanted to bring in just another you know, quarterback with some pretty extensive starting experience, it's going to be probably really hard to do that because you have to sell a guy on saying, Hey, um, say Baker Mayfield, for example, want to come in as a third string quarterback and, and, you know, you know, maybe only really have a chance to ever play if these two guys get hurt. Um, they could sell them on their past quarterback injury history. Look, you know, yeah. you, could, you could be playing by you know week three, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think it's a hard sell unless they dole out enough money and they don't, I obviously want to do that. They don't that. have that kind of money. Right. So out. that would priorities. So then you'd have to go, you know, but I do think, you know, there are actually a lot of um, quarterbacks who, who could be available, who might come pretty cheaply and might, mm-hmm. you know, say, okay, maybe for a year, I'll give this a shot being the Shanahan system. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm thinking of a guy like, say Cooper rush. And, and you never know. I mean, I think he's gone five and one as a starter for the Cowboys when Dak Prescott's been out uh, the last two seasons, um, but an undrafted guy, you know, and who knows, maybe that five and one record will get him a decent contract. But if a guy like that slips through the cracks, I mean, I could see him uh, or someone of his ilk kind of saying, okay, sign me up for this offense and, and I'll take a chance on, on a one year deal. Um, but again, it would have to be someone like that. They'd have to, they'd probably be setting their sights lower. Um, and, um, even if they wanted, a, a better option as a third string quarterback, again, it would just be a tough sell just cause there's, you know, probably like you're not going to play, um, you know, with right. the 49ers. So. Well, I think the only way like a Baker Mayfield type person comes in is if Brock ends up with a surgery that takes him out for the season. Right. It's the only scenario in which they bring someone like that. Otherwise, I do agree with you. Cooper Rush is actually, that's a very solid prediction. And that would be a, you know, a really 
good idea that that could work. And I think you could sell a Cooper Rush or a Jacoby Brissett or Andy Dalton because they are in Shanahan system and because of the quarterback attrition and the way that they play football, I think there is something to be said for that. But right now, this is all speculation until Friday. So we will see what happens on that day with that elbow surgery. And then of course we go into free agency next week. So let's talk a little bit of free agency. Robbie Gold, uh, who's been the stalwart kicker for the 49ers, is moving on. So the 49ers need a new kicker. No one will be surprised that I'd like it to be Jake Moody from the University of Michigan, greatest kicker of all time. I'm just throwing that out there now that he will become the greatest kicker of all time. But that actually becomes, you know, for all the kicker jokes out there, like it's a really important position. And Robbie Gold had been really important to this team. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it was just this past uh, postseason that everyone became more and more aware of like, he's never missed a kick in the playoffs and he's been playing for 50 years. So, um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> roughly. Um, he's had three hundred thousand playoff appearances, and he's never. <laughs> but it is kind of remarkable. I mean, to make uh, you know twenty nine field goals, thirty nine extra points, so sixty eight for mm-hmm. sixty eight on 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 kicks. Uh, you know, when the games are are, are the biggest, uh, it does uh, speak to his clutch gene, and obviously he's been. I think he ranks seventh in field goal percentage in NFL history, so he's pretty good um, in the regular season as well. Um, and it's going to be, you know, unless they, you know, fill that void, you know, with kind of a, a more affordable free agent kicker, it's going to be jarring. I mean, the I don't know jarring when it comes to kickers, but it, it'll be different for fans just because they've had Robbie Gold, and before Robbie Gold, they had Phil Dawson. Mm-hmm. who had played in the NFL for at least 42 years. And then they okay. had D- David Akers, who uh, was also an old man by the time he got to the, the 49ers. Before that, they had Joe Nedney. Anyway, the Niners haven't drafted a kicker since 2002. I'm just, I'm not, I'm not just flaunting my Niner kicker knowledge. Um, and that was... No, the, I, I, it's pretty impressive. <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, Jeff Wilkins. I mean, so they, they've always, not always, but, you know, you go back, I think, more than 15 years, and they've always had a, an established kicker, I'm including Joe Nedney, in that, you know, in their 30s. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, there's an element of risk. I mean, obviously, in, in entrusting this spot to a rookie, um just because, yeah, a guy like Moody, obviously, he's won the Groza Award, you know, given to the nation's top college kicker, very accomplished at Michigan, as you well know. Um, Go Blue. But it's a different level, <laughs> you know, kicking in the NFL when you're drafted. And, the, you know, so there are expectations on top of just, um, you know, the stress that comes with being a kicker. Uh, mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, I, I think, you know, certainly the Niners could save millions. I mean, I think Robbie Gold is going to get a, I would think, uh, you know, he's 40, 40 now, but still, I, mm-hmm. I, I think his track record, he, he's probably going to get, you know, at least a $4 million or, you know, $4 million a year type of, of contract. And so the Niners draft a guy, they're going to be saving millions, uh, obviously, mm-hmm. but 
you know, at the cost of, of peace of mind, because it's like, you know, there's a reasonable expectation once they got, you know, to the 30 yard line. Okay. They, at least they have three mm-hmm. points because they have Robbie gold. And, you know, you look at other teams kicker situation and, uh, you know, you don't have to go back too far to find uh, the Cowboys kicker situation, you know, in the playoffs last year. And, and just the, how that changed the calculus for them is like, okay, we're we're at the 30, but Brett Maher can't make an extra point. So mm-hmm. <laughs> there's no guarantees here. field goals. Yeah. So I feel like he did have that going for him. At least he could make field goals, which was very odd, but yeah. And, and Shanahan has talked, you know, obviously – uh, they've had Robbie Gould, uh, you know, ever since Shanahan Lynch were hired. He, he was one, mm-hmm. part of that initial free agent class in 2017. And early on, you know, Shanahan talked about um, how great it was to have a reliable kicker because I think with maybe exception of Matt Bryant, who we had in um, Atlanta when he was an offensive coordinator, he talked about, you know, just not having a reliable kicker and how as an offensive coordinator you know, that changed his play calling and, you know, um, so yeah, I, I mean, you're right. There's a lot of, Oh, you know, kicker and punter and, and long snapper jokes. But, uh, when it comes to this position with the 49ers, a team that very likely is going to be back in the playoffs. Um, yeah, it, it, it's a big deal. And, um, you know, you just look through the years and I've only started looking at this, uh, recently, believe me, uh, I haven't generally studied kickers this much. Um, but you look at, you know, the kickers that are drafted and I guess you could say this about any position, but it is really, you know, hit and miss. Um, and a lot of times, no pun intended, really. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, (laughs) well, a lot of times some of the best kickers in NFL history have, have been undrafted, uh, Adam Vinatieri and, uh, Robbie Gold for that matter. So anyway, I would expect them to select a kicker. I mean, they have, at least, you know, the projecting nine, nine or 10 draft picks that they will have. Um, you know, usually I don't think a kicker has been um, drafted before like the, I want to say the, um, before the fourth round, you know, since, I, I don't know, the last 10 years or so. I think um, when, um, no, I'm sorry, 2016, Robert uh, Aguayo, I'm looking this up now as we speak. So don't don't be overly impressed with this kicker knowledge. I but, was very impressed. Yeah, I would have been Robert, Robert Aguayo <laughs> was a second round pick of the Buccaneers, and he lasted one year, uh, which just speaks to the <laughs> hit and miss nature uh, of drafting uh, kickers. Um, but there there have also been uh, some big hits. Uh, you know, Bengals drafted Evan McPherson, who's who's pretty money in, in the fifth round mm-hmm. in, in 2021. Tyler Bass uh, with the Bills, he's really good. Sixth round in 2020. And again, I am referring now to Pro Football Reference. I wish, I wish um, this. I had this level of kicker knowledge um, at the tip of my tongue. Um, so anyway, it certainly looks like the 49ers will go that route and um, and hope they hit. I hope, I hope they hit too. And my plug for Jake Moody should anyone in the 49ers front office be listening is he obviously played at the university of Michigan. It's very high stress six for six against Ohio state uh, kept me from crying when we were in Colorado Springs. If you remember that Saturday game against Illinois uh, where he had the last minute field goal 
and I thought the whole season was coming crashing to an end before that. So these are just little tidbits that I'm throwing out there. And that is my plug for Jake Moody, because I think we all know that the day, if I get to do five fun facts with Jake Moody, that may be the best day of the season for me. And it's not even close. I would not turn that encyclopedic as far as your Jake Moody knowledge, but it's, it's certainly in the neighborhood. <laughs> it's, and I didn't have to look any of that up. I <laughs> exactly. <did>. So there. <laughs> <laughs> there my jake moody knowledge just is what it is uh i did look up his age but he's 23 for some reason in my head he was 25 he's definitely not stetson bennett he is 23 years old so i was like that's close to being in his 30s but listen i feel really good about him and i'm really hoping that he's a 49er so that's my plug to john lynch or anybody in the front office be listening adam peters just fyi guys there's my jake moody plug um, and his five fun facts, with all that knowledge, his five fun facts is going to really have to be stepped up because I just already know so many things about him. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We know, we know you love to bake pies, Jake. Uh, give, give me something else. <laughs> give me something else. God, that'd be amazing. So let's talk since we do a few, they have a few other free agent issues other than kicker. Uh, they have, well, they have a, a lot of them, they have a variety of free agents. It's, it was made pretty clear last week at the combine by John Lynch that, Mike McGlinchey is not coming back to this team. They're just not, most likely not going to be able to afford him. I liked what he said. I mean, should the market not be what we think it's going to be? We'd love to have him back. Yeah. But, but since it's probably going to be. So now we come back to that offensive line, which feels like every offseason. We're talking about the 49ers offensive line. Last year, save maybe the NFC Championship game. Last year, they performed beyond expectations. But now... It feels that Colton McKivitt's season is upon us. And I guess we'll just have to see how that all plays out. No pun intended. Or there's been a lot of puns intended. Actually. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, it's like, can they kind of pull this off again? Because, you know, last year it was a similar situation. Lake and Tomlinson, they were, you know, instead of Mike McGlinchey, you know, signed the big money mm-hmm. free agent contract. And it was like, uh okay Aaron Banks is this guy actually not a bust and it turns out you know, he, he as Kyle Shanahan would say he was by no means perfect uh but he the was not too big for him yeah the game wasn't too big <laughs> for him uh and you know he was at least a serviceable capable NFL starter um yes. last year and in a similar situation played out you know at center when Alex Mack retired i was like what are you going to do and you know i remember when the, um after the draft they didn't draft a center or you know john lunch was like well we like uh, jake brindell and like no 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 you're gonna sign like jc treader or something like people just thought they're not really going to do that and jake brindell was really actually really good um mm-hmm. so you know it could be a, a similar situation it was like well okay mcglinchey leaves and his backup is ready and his you know the swing tackle last year was Colton McKivitz. Um and you know they do have Jalen Moore. I guess he would be the dark a dark yeah. horse candidate. Um you know if need be they could get creative. Um you know if, if they don't believe in those guys, those guys don't work out uh you know say in training camp with Daniel Brunskill, you know I think they'll retain him uh just cuz they value his versatility so much. Um you know, he could do that in a pinch. Um, I mean, if you really want to get crazy here on this pod, Spencer Burford, 
their right tackle was uh, their right guard, you know, was a tackle oh, all throughout uh-huh. college. I mean, I, I don't think those are their, you know, plan A or B's or, or C's, but, you know, they do have, you know, possible. Things get really bad. Yeah. They get to plan F. They pull up this podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's like, well, we did draft Jake Moody, so maybe this <laughs> <Exactly>. works out. <laughs> and maybe, I don't know, I guess, I, I I don't get the sense they're looking at like a, a more affordable than Mike McGlinchey, you know, free agent route. I mean, I do uh-huh. think their history and they have some level of belief in McKibbitz, who's been okay. Um, you know, he, he's had to play two big games when, when Trump Williams wasn't available um, uh, in the last, last couple of years. And um, he's played well, um, you know, he hasn't been Trent Williams, but no one else is. So um I think that is the most likely thing. I mean, there's the salary cap, obviously, to to consider, and McKibbins will be a restricted free agent. But you know, they will, um, you know, if he can be the answer uh, to replace McGlinchey, you know, he'll do so at a, at a fraction of the cost. And uh-huh. you know, that's that that would you know moves like that, you know, uh, would be huge for the 49ers in, in trying to you know, pay all their uh, blue chip players, not to mention, um, you know, Nick Bosa's extension, which um, it will be structured. It would actually, I, I think Nick Bosa's extension will actually help the cap this year, um, mm-hmm. but it is going to, um, you know, create <laughs> create issues in, in future years. Yes, he's going to be expensive. He should be. He's worth it, but he's going to be not cheap. So that is probably true. So if we look at, now I'm just going to go some quick hits for you. Okay. Jimmy Ward, 49er or no next season? No, no. Okay. I think Jim, Jimmy Ward is like, you just moved Agreed. me to slot corner. <laughs> I do. I no longer trust you. And I think uh, that uh, that's over. He's, he's going to get a nice contract. And even if things were just, um, I guess, totally copacetic as far as that relationship. I think that that's an, another guy they might just have to let walk through the cost. It almost felt like in making that move at slot corner, they basically decided at that point, we're okay not having Jimmy Ward next year. And Jimmy Ward subsequently in every interview mentioned that he was going to be a free agent. Yes. Every <laughs> single, literally every single interview. Did you know said, that I'm about to be a free agent? And I, I heard I, that. Yeah. I feel like I heard that last week. Who told me? That? Oh, you did. Yeah. <laughs> that was you. Uh, what do you think happens with Emmanuel Mosley? So I asked John Lynch about it last week. I thought this was sort of interesting. And again, I might be grasping it interesting just because they don't have a pick till 99. So things you know are a little bit different this year. But uh, I felt like John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan had been pretty had said multiple times that they'd like to have him back. And I think they seems they do want to have him back. But I asked about it last week and I said, you know, just given his injury history, um, how comfortable are you bringing him back as a starter? And John Lynch said, he said, well, first of all, we're not even close on that. So I don't want it to feel like, sure, we would love to have him back, but we're not even close there. So that's far from done. And then he said it was a very clean ACL. The surgery went great. And you need a lot of depth at the position, which kind of felt like maybe not comfortable bringing him back as a starter. Uh, But kind of, I think that's a big one. And I bring it up because I think that was one of their biggest losses last year on the injury front 
um, taking quarterback out of it, obviously, because that's a whole other issue with this team. But what do you think happens there? Is this like a one-year deal? Is this with a bunch of contingencies? Or is it a two-year deal with a bunch of contingencies? Does he end up somewhere else? Do you think Diamador Lenore showed enough? That was a lot of questions at one. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm a little overwhelmed by it all. Um, <laughs> but uh, I do think um, mostly was going to get a very nice contract. You know, the way he was, he was. playing uh, and and really had played last co- couple seasons, um, and so he was poised to really cash in um, and maybe uh, not be able to come back to the 49ers because it may have been too big a contract. No, absolutely. So I, I think it, you know, I mean, it's kind of, know, kind of a weird thing to talk about when the guy suffers a serious injury, but it, it may, you know, as as we speak now, kind of worked out for the 49ers in that, um, you know, he might be a guy, it would be logical to sign a one-year, I don't know, what would it be, $5 million deal or, or something, yeah. and, and just to kind of, reestablish himself, show that he's healthy and, and back, and then take another crack at free agency um, in, in 2024. Um, and if the 49ers could pull that off, I, I think they have, um, you know, Lenore was was pretty shaky. Well, I mean, he disappeared as a rookie, and so it was like, well, maybe that was a that was a mistake. Um, but, you know, he, he really progressed last year after filling in for Mosley. Um, he had two interceptions in the playoffs. I, I think Lynch may have gotten carried away when he said teams were starting to, you know, target um, the various Ward instead of Jay Maybe just a little, uh, just a little think, carried away. Appreciate the sentiment, but we all watched the game, so okay. <laughs> I don't think he got to that point, but you know enough to where I think there's at least if Mosley is back, there's a question of like, okay, who is outside? I, I mean. Probably Mosley and because Lenore, they both have experience playing playing in the slot. Um, You know, I think Lenore might be um, the more logical fit there. But then whatever it is, however it shakes out, you have three guys, um, you know, I think above average corners. I don't know if we're crowning Yomir or Lenore a little too quickly, but at least he's shown that type of potential late in the season. Um, I think above average is fair. Okay. You're, you're going to go ahead. Him above. Gonna... We're going to give him above. I'm not <laughs> saying like, I'm not saying like way above average. And I don't think he's Emmanuel Mosley. I also don't think Emmanuel Mosley was Emmanuel Mosley at this point in right. his career where Diamond Lenore is, but I'm going to give him above average, but like right above. Yeah, so I think they're they'd be pretty well, um, you know, set up. Assuming Mosley comes back and, he, and is you know roughly roughly the same guy, um, mm-hmm. and I think they're still going to need to address the depth. I don't is Ambry is Michigan man Ambry Thomas still even on the roster? I'm not sure what happened. I mean, as of what, this what moment, he Wolverine. is on the roster. <laughs> but I mean, well, why do you think I'm pushing sorry for Jake Moody? I was like, well, okay, exactly. I need I I need my solid Michigan player. He's still on the roster. I mean, you know it's. I hesitate to completely write him off because at this point last year, I think we were all ready to kind of write off Diamondor Lenore because he did disappear after those first couple games of his rookie season. But I don't know. I mean, it's another year later. I don't know. I don't, I don't know that Ambry Thomas makes this roster. He'll be there in training camp because he's on a rookie contract. And why wouldn't you bring him back in training camp? Cause he did come along so well at the end of his rookie year, but I don't know that I would, be counting on that for the depth 
you're looking for, I would be more likely to look at like a Samuel Womack as a potential guy who started off strong, kind of like Diameter Lenore disappeared a little bit in his rookie season and maybe has a great offseason and comes back. But I don't know. The Ambry Thomas situation's not not looking great for that particular Michigan Wolverine. Shed a tear because you know that makes me sad. Yeah, and you never know. I mean, because... You know, it, it's weird. <laughs> Lenore and Ambry Thomas's career arcs have, have kind of, you know, mirror themselves, but in opposite ways, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So who knows what's to come? I don't think the Niners have completely given up on, you know, a third round pick, but um, probably not. You know, he's a guy that probably, if he doesn't show much in training camp, he, he certainly isn't a roster. No, I would say if he does, I would, I would make the, assumption and i know that they say assume makes an ass out of you and me that makes sense especially me but i think if every thomas comes back to training camp and has the same type of training camp he had last season i would be very surprised if he was on the roster it could be a a trey sermon situation it definitely could be a Trey Sermon situation. I think Amphrey Thomas has gotten a lot of airtime on this podcast. Yeah, yeah exactly. Probably. Sorry. <laughs> I think he should be at least flattered because I guarantee you there is not another Fortnite podcast out there right now that's talking this much about Amphrey Thomas. I should have, should have recognized that if I mentioned a Michigan player of the Niners, it would, we'd get sidetracked. Yeah, anything. Any Michigan player at any point. We haven't even talked about how Brian Greasy is the greatest quarterbacks coach of all time. But that being said, we're out of time. So Brian Greasy will have to wait for another day. Yes, a great Michigan man. A great Michigan man. One of the best. I mean, played a role in the drafting of Brock Purdy. I mean, yeah, his influence has already uh, been great with the 49ers. I really do think he could be the greatest quarterbacks coach of all time. And, maybe mainly because he went to Michigan, but you look, Jimmy Garoppolo was playing the best football of his career before he got hurt. Brian Greasy wanted to draft Brock Purdy. Like, look what happened with Brock Purdy. I mean, I'm just saying when you see genius, it's just important to recognize it. Absolutely. And especially when it comes from Ann Arbor. Of course. Yes. <laughs> um, Brancher, thank you so much for joining me today. It was, uh, it's always a pleasure. This was no exception. Oh, that's very sweet. Please let everyone know where they can find you, like on the internet. Don't give your address out or anything. Four two two four six. Yes, that would be at Eric underscore Branch. Twitter still exists, I, I believe, after mm-hmm. yesterday's hiccup. But um, yes, you can find me on Twitter. Fantastic, and Eric is a pretty spectacular writer. So I encourage everyone to read all of his stuff. Uh, we are brought to you by. Bet online. If you like what you heard, and I know that you did, please make sure to rate and review. If you're not subscribed, please do that. Tell your friends. You can follow us on Instagram at Fangirl Sports Network. And with that, I will talk to everybody next time. Bye, all. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.